Hello and welcome Star Wars fans to this week's episode of Duel of the Ranks, a show where we debate takes so hot that they melt a planet with twin suns. My name's Brody and I'll be hosting this episode with my co-hosts Christian and Amanda as we attempt to discover what story is truly the best from a galaxy far, far away. On this week's episode, we're going to be discussing ranks and hot takes from The Mandalorian Chapter 1, The Mandalorian. By the end of this episode, we'll have a definitive answer on where this piece of Star Wars content ranks amongst the rest. And with that said, let's get this show started. Now, before we jump into the ranks, the hot takes, we have a couple of special things to announce. One, we've got our amazing host, Amanda, back. Yes, welcome back. back. She thought she could take a vacation, and she I did. never can again. She never can again. You had your one <laughs> for your life. We permit them. Yeah, I'm going to have it? to work um, over my honeymoon and my wedding coming up. Mm-hmm. That's yep, but Star Wars takes priority. It's exactly. just what happens. You want a vacation? Go to celebration. Oh go. well, good thing that I am, <gasps> which I wasn't here last week, so I didn't get to say officially. So I'm Let's going to celebration. Let's go! Oh, First like time that. ever across the pond. All right, it's gonna be grand. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. It's going to be fun. Speaking of things that are fantastic, we have another guest in yes. our presence tonight. I'm so, so, so excited. Do you both know who it is? Um, Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, well, everyone knows the oh-so-famous Nada Kyber, but we're friends with her, so we know her as Alanis. Alanis! Come on out, Alanis. Hi. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm, like, so excited to be here. We are so- We're glad you're here unbelievably excited to have you. Now, this is your first time on Duel of the Ranks, but it's not your first time connecting with us. How did we even meet? Was it the Pod Ones trivia night or something along those lines? I think it was because I was um, doing some like like judging for them. And I think it was when Luke was in studio. That's right. Okay, he was in the studio for that. Speaking of judging, you then recently came out to Nebraska and tried my oh-so-popular chicken sandwiches now my two co-hosts have refused to try them more so that just they always it's say it's just a conflict busy. of interest yeah, they're <laughs> busy. i don't know what is it so we we rank things on this show so be honest okay where does that chicken sandwich rank for you one to a ten far more important than breaking be down the it's a korean fried chicken sandwich so i'm gonna doing? say this fully born and bred in jersey so like i do know good food Solid 9.5. Oh, like, whoa. I wow. forgot the pickles. That was my 0. 0.5. I lost. That was I, forgot 0. 0.5. I forgot the pickles. I don't know. Pickles in a like three ingredient sandwich is kind of an important thing to forget. It was a lot more than three ingredients on this one, though. Oh, believe okay. it or not. There's it a was few things. Four. There's four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's forgivable. <laughs> yes, there's four ingredients, actually, Amanda. <laughs> no, there's romaine lettuce, spring onion. Uh, specific Korean sauce. I don't really know what it is, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, a nine and a half. A it was pretty life changing. I won't lie. Like I thought life about it all changing. on the ride home. Oh, you know what? People have told me that. I had someone, uh, sister in law, tell me she's like, you know what? If I were to die tomorrow, it's the last thing I'd want to <gasps> eat. And then wow. everyone else around was like, no, you you misheard that. Like that's the last thing she wants to eat, man. I'm like, no, I'm gonna gonna take this W. Okay. I make a mean Put chicken that sandwich. Feather in your you cap. do. So if you want to be a guest on this show, 
Again, you want to do it right, you got to try one of Brody's homemade shallow fried chicken sandwiches. Moving on, <laughs> talking about The Mandalorian today, season one, episode one. What are our gut thoughts on this? Solid. Oh my gosh. Like a good chicken sandwich. Yeah. It, I remember watching it for the first time. And I just couldn't believe that we were getting a Star Wars live action. This was TV the show. first of its of its thing. Yeah. Like this was the first shiny new Star Wars outside of the world of film. And I do remember watching it for the first time. I was like, this looks good. Like it doesn't look like it's skimped out on like TV budget, you know, elements yeah. that I would picture. And so that was it was really cool and encouraging after watching the first episode. I was like, all right, we're on a Solid start. Who is this Mandalorian guy? I yeah. had such an opposite reaction to the first time seeing it. <laughs> what? Which is so funny really? because now it is like one of my like definitely top projects. I am someone who when I have any type of media, if I need a connection to it. And like like you guys said, it was the first one in a while. And I was like, I don't know who this man is. I don't know what this green baby is. <laughs> this is like not the, you know time period that i really like and i didn't feel a connection to it and i think it was not until episode like probably three or four that i was like oh like this is this is amazing i gotcha it takes a while you know you gotta dip your toes in the water and you're like all right i'm a little skeptical what the heck is a blurg yeah (laughs) (laughs) but we had i mean we'd seen blurgs long time ago but I think what was it the was, first thing we saw. I don't, I don't remember. It was like the animated. Uh, it was one of the animated like droid animation shows. I believe. Oh, the, the ones or whatnot. Those are so freaky. We've been we've seen Blurgs before, but I th- uh, I think for most of the you know viewers that was the first time, especially live action first yeah. time. It's a freaky looking thing. Yeah, and the females yeah. eat the males. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, that's intense. There's something. What did you think, Brody? When Taika Waititi it? was in it. How cool yeah, was that? Yeah, I didn't realize that until this time around. I love all of my Kiwis. Tamara Morrison, yeah. Taika Waititi. They're pretty great. Just finished Our Flag Means Death. He's yeah. He's he's a, he's a great director. Let's put it that way. And honestly, fantastic actor. I haven't seen Except he didn't know that Natalie Portman <laughs> yeah. was already in that. Star Wars. I saw that. Yeah, and that was, all over those that's prequels. That's kind of cringe. That was like, ooh, you're not a prequels fan, okay? Oh, and he's yeah. directing a new. We one. gave you a he's movie. He's writing a whole ass one and didn't realize. I'll write the you're next one. You're talking to you know? the Queen Padme <laughs> Hamadala. Yep. Yep. Have you seen her SNL? Like she did yep. a music video. Oh yes. yeah, where yeah, she yeah. raps. Say about- something about the mother. <laughs> 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 Pulls out Jar Jar and yeah. all sorts of other good stuff. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. But what? no, it was it was a fun episode. It yeah. was a great. I don't know. Should I remind just... people what happened in this episode? <gasps> you know what? You probably should. It's yeah. been so long. Good since summary. Comes out. Some what people happened? haven't seen it. What happened in the first episode of the Mandalorian? Okay, so a Mandalorian bounty hunter is assigned to hunt down a mysterious bounty on a remote desert planet. When surrounded by guards, the Mandalorian teams up with a bounty droid, IG-11, to take them out and retrieve the bounty. Nice. Now, I think we need to... We can't talk about this episode without acknowledging that this episode arguably brought us the closest we will ever be to world peace ever in our lives, (laughs) which was the introduction to Baby Yoda. Save Star Wars. 
It saved Star, saved Wars. Star Wars. It yep. saved Disney. Not, uh, uh, you know what? Yeah, they did. it did. But <laughs> I the the fact that they were able to keep it a secret yeah. and keep that hidden and no one spoiled it, just seeing it the first time is like an emotional reaction. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw it the first time, I was like, 50 years old, my butt. <laughs> The, no, no, really cute, really awesome. I, was I like, think I okay. tweeted like, "When can I start buying these?" Yes, now yeah. you can. The everywhere. Yes, yeah. It, yeah, and it's. I'd be lying if we didn't have a baby Yoda or two in my house for sure. I mean, I you you're soulless if you don't. Yeah, but <laughs> that does bring up an interesting point because I know you guys grew up more in the toys world of Star Wars mm. that I didn't. Um, but a lot of people will say like Disney's like toy manufacturing hasn't really like done well mm. in the sequel era and stuff, and I feel like. It's because they are releasing stuff and then making merchandise. Like I just saw an Alola droid that they made, like a oh. toy, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool!" But they're waiting for it to be a surprise in the shows. Now, do you think that that's like a smart thing, or? I think, I mean, from a fan base, I'd rather you wait until, yeah, you know, you yeah. wait until the content's out there. But I get it from a business perspective. You want to just pump the product out there. Which is how it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, Lego. So yeah. a lot of people get yeah. their like, little leaks about what's going to be where because yeah. obviously they got to really plan out their product lines and any sort mm, of yeah. leak happens. People. I'll be honest. I haven't been in the, the toy game as much now as an adult, but I do remember. Just we have just a row of toys behind how us. <laughs> I remember how durable the lightsabers were back then and just. Like, I think I a real weapon. still have them. Yeah, a real weapon. Up. Speaking of toys, Amanda, you were not brought up in the Star Wars generation of just all the cool prequel toys. And I've got so many fond memories. But you brought one today. I did. Tell us about what this awesome Lego in front of us is. Yeah, right in front of us, we have the Razor Crest. Uh, Christian, do you want to, like, maybe hold it up to oh the camera? Goodness, like yes. <laughs> Just walks it all the way up. <laughs> Look at it. It's so cool. It's all in one piece, too, which can't be said for later on in the series. It's got like every minifigure you could ever want. It's got an IG 11. It's got Mando holding Baby Yoda. It's got a stormtrooper. It's got Grief Karga in the cargo, actually. And it shoots little lasers, like little things. But yeah, that was a gift um, from a friend of ours on Star Wars Day. Shout out to Stefan for this awesome gift what a cool gift and a yeah cool thanks Stefan. and on it and like i haven't made a lego thing since i was like probably like 10 is it fun it was so fun i know and they're so it's like, so therapeutic too like mm-hmm. yeah if i just have 150 dollars to just yeah. you know throw off and yeah. and buy one yeah, i but... know i want to get one of those big slave ones not big. the slave one, 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 one here but it's all alanis did you ever lego it up I have. So funny enough, I'm in the process of like getting a bunch of things together and donating it. And I found all of my Lego. So I found my old like Mustafar set. Um, I have nice. a at still in the box. And I'm like, how have I ordered this this long? So nice. that is, which which uh, AT-AT is it? I have no idea. I, the box, okay. it was dusty and really beat up. So nice. <laughs> who even knows? Class the best um, kind. Yeah, I got a Vader helmet somewhere. Uh, Lambda. Nice shuttle so i was like oh i've had more of these than yeah I but now it's the question of what do i do with them 
because I'm also a uh, a teacher. So I'm like, oh, I could bring it to my classroom. And then I'm like, God forbid, like Legos are too fragile to let a bunch of 14 year olds mm. run around with them. Now, speaking That's to dear. that, too, you, you, you are a teacher. And you're putting together, I'm going to just hard segue here. You're doing a really cool thing in the classroom this upcoming year. Tell our audience, what are you doing for your students in the classroom about all revolving around Star Wars? So I am so beyond excited about this. So the elective is called Discovering the Galaxy. And it's basically like a half media literacy, half um, kind of like characterization course. And... Um, it's broken up into four units that cover all of canon Star Wars. So one unit is just understanding like characterizations and tropes. Um, one is all about like allegories to history. Other one is all about like the history of Star Wars, like how important it is. Um, things with the actors, how to change pop culture, filmmaking. Um, we're going to talk a lot about the Star Wars fandom in general and that mess. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then my absolute favorite part is what they're going to do at the end of the year. So taking everything that they've learned, um, they're going to create their own Star Wars What If, um, and they're going to present <sighs> it in either a fan film, a fan fiction, a comic, uh... podcast, whatever they want to do. Um, and their quote unquote graduation from the class is we're going to do uh, the Padawan trials. And they're going to present their what ifs. Um, and so it oh is God. absolutely insane. <laughs> I like you're Dang. my favorite teacher ever right now. And I've never even taken the course or had you. So wow, I want to take And it. you lined up some pretty cool guest speakers, if I'm correct, right? Yes. Yeah, so tentatively, um, I'm still working out dates with um, E.K. Johnson, uh, who wrote the Padme trilogy. So like super excited there. Um, I sent a Facebook message to Timothy Zahn. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. Christian's like, can I take your class? Legends himself. Yeah. Where was this school when I was a kid? Yeah. No kidding. <laughs> so really, really excited. Um, then back at Celebration, um, I followed people around and harassed them with a the camera. Um, so my kids are going to get um, some glimpses of some like really awesome creators. Um, and then kind of explaining what Star Wars means to them. So it's going to be a nice. absolutely wild year for me. Wow, that is so exciting. Yeah, that I'm honestly jealous that I did not get that experience yeah, growing holy up. Holy cow. I want to I want to hear every story that they tell. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, now and the other thing that I'm also doing, um probably closer to the end of August, um I am making an adult Google Classroom. <gasps> so I'll be posting everything on there. And oh, wow. um I'm going to pick a couple assignments to quote unquote grade. Um, and then winners, I'm going to wind up doing some cool giveaways. So that's so genius. Yeah. Wow. I love that. I can't wait to Very keep up cool. with that. Amazing. Well, that is so much fun. I know you're going to impart a lot of great wisdom upon all things Star Wars on these students, but you're not a big fan of Mandalorian. So is it even going to come up much in your classroom? And I mean, why are you not a big fan of this show or at least this season? This season, I think I didn't have that connection. I think the the connection to Mando definitely happened um, at the end of this season. Mm. Now I would definitely rank it like relatively high on my list. Okay, but when this first came out, I was I was not into it. I'm like, this is cool. I think the effects are beautiful. This is one of the most beautiful things I've seen in Star Wars. Everything that like the Foley artists did, the makeup artists loved it, but I didn't have a connection to Mando, and then uh. I think. I kind of, after going back and really seeing the little nuances and what Pedro Pascal did with his acting, that's when I kind of was like, oh, wait, he's he's kind of awesome. And like how he's, you know, this uh, paternal figure to Grogu and all of this. But when I first watched it, it didn't, 
it didn't suck me in because I was still, you know, recovering from the prequels, I think, in a way. Yeah. And this Man. was like the first, you know, new thing after kind of Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. I had the opposite reaction. <laughs> I because I was like, this is exactly what I wanted out of a Star Wars new media piece was mm-hmm. total like slice of life, different POV, no characters that I have any tie to and especially one that doesn't have a lot of dialogue like so that's already an immediate challenge for you to relate to them I also when I was in school I was lucky enough to take a a really cool western film course so I got to study the western and see how this becomes like a modern space western and appreciate it on that terms too because I mean even down to the soundtrack you've got a whole western here Definite yeah. space western. Yeah. It's so cool. Out the gate. Start with a bar warm. fight. Yeah. 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 Bring you in warm. And someone's getting Mark cut bring in you half. In cold. Yeah. Someone getting cut in half. That's what, that's another thing is like we're getting death. We got like, a lot oh, of death. Violence, like all the right. freaking, yes. the, the stakeout in front of the like yeah. bounty was yeah. so cool. Yep. I remember my jaw being like dropped the first time. I So well That's done. what I really enjoyed too. Just the lore of it peppered throughout but like getting jumping into the bounty hunter world of like the guild and the pucks and the credits and seeing grief karga's role in this like that was really cool and just to see how mando navigates that and Mm -hmm. you know he's i like he's He's like, that doesn't even cover the cost of fuel. (laughs) I know. I was like, I can relate. Yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) That's immediately what I was thinking. I was like, preach. (laughs) No, I I loved this. I mean, you both gave it, I think, Amanda, you gave it a 71.2%. Christian, a 72.8%. So about the same. Yeah. C minus. Entertaining, but just a good kickoff. I hate that you say C minus. You should. I know. Because the 70% (laughs) sum is a solid number. Yeah. It's out of 10. It's not your stupid <laughs> C minus. Yeah. Stop no. saying it's that. It's not. It's not an A. Okay. There, it's not an Stop A. Stop saying <laughs> I can confirm it's not an A. Exactly. As a teacher, uh-huh. can confirm. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It yeah. is not an A, according to you both. See, I gave it a B minus. I, <laughs> I gave it an 82%. That's really high. That's really high, 82%. man. That's way higher than a B Well, okay. So I agree with you on most everything. The story is it's a good kickoff. It's good, not great. The characters, again, good, not great technical aspects i think we all gave it around the but same. you still gave it higher rankings than christian and i on the story and the characters even though you said it was good not great yeah but again we're talking minor like mine's a 3.5 out of five stars whereas christian's is 3.3 3. and mm-hmm. then again characters mm-hmm. is 3.2 and christian's for characters is 3.3 3, so higher than me technical aspects i gave it a 4.2 whereas you both gave it a four my reasoning for that being especially that it was the first time we had the uh, what is it, that room where it has all the volume? The yeah, volume. I tried to yeah. keep that out of my mind a little bit because I feel like we didn't know about that until after we saw the gallery. But what you can see on it, so what I reason I, I say that is it's the first time since it's not CGI that Mando's helmet, again, is... It's like whatever, you know, it's that best scar, but it's it will reflect because really it's shiny white. Yeah. Whatever is in that room is going to reflect and you can see it in that yeah. episode. And it's like... I remember thinking that when I was watching it, looking at his helmet saying, okay, like you, I remember I was like, they were on site somewhere. I didn't think they did any green screen at all. Stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I was 
blown away by it. So mm-hmm. super cool. Uh, where I give it a huge mark above both of you is you both have a 3.8, 3.7 for music. That's blasphemous. This music is some a top three, top four piece of Star Wars music ever. Ludwig Gorenson killed it. Think about this. No one but uh, John Williams and Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, whatever, had done a score. And Ludwig said, guys, this is just a TV show? They're like, yeah, don't worry. There's not a lot of expectations. It's just Mandalorian. The sequels are going to save Star Wars. He's like, actually, hold my beer. <laughs> One of the most epic things. This is like Mannheim Steamroller did it. It was just epic all around. Jake says incoming Ludwig fanboy. Oh, he's fantastic. I, Have you seen Creed? I, he's so good. I just clicked record. We're going to play that sound bo- sound by Every episode you're going to talk about Ludwig Gortz. <laughs> oh Every episode. We're not going to hear the end of it. He's the best. He is the best. And yeah, I, I don't understand how you can give that anything less than a there special four. I was taken aback. To do it. Yeah, it's, it's very stark and different immediately out the gate. There was one point where he's flying in his ship that is like a very like like strenuous like hyper intense anxiety kind of thing that I didn't like as much. And so that's what I took off for. See, I love that. That's why, that's what I love. Really? Like the, uh, like the parts where like he's in a ship and he like peeps out from the shadows and it's like almost that, like almost felt like an old slasher film in a way. And I love that because that, I think that tonal shift that we see in the Mandalorian is something that I, was almost waiting for because I was so sick of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. I was so sick of the Jedi. So in a way, this was refreshing. And instead so of refreshing, yeah. And instead of like you know the very like grand music that we hear, you know, in relation to the Jedi, you think you know Duel of the Fates and all that. To go to this almost like like angry, like ominous music, I really loved it. And I don't know if right? you want to put this in like technical aspects or like music itself. But the Foley artists who do like the mm. sounds of like mm-hmm. the armor and like the credits blew it out of the water. Because if you think mm. about it, in the first, what, like five minutes, there's like three lines of dialogue and the music isn't like very loud either. It's really just that um, like tracker beeping. And it's just yeah. those little tiny bits and noises that kind of like really pushed it up for me because there's not a lot of talking. I kind of yeah, like that's that. a really great point. <laughs> That yeah. is a great point. And the show I, is kind of showing us like less can be more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's a refreshing thing um to see in Star Wars, which maybe like eventually Book of Boba Fett was maybe a failure in that way. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay. A failure. Uh, all right. Are we gonna we No, gonna we debate? won't we won't go. It's that a cult farm. classic. It's gonna age like a fine wine. Uh actually, so all right, I am gonna take on that take real quick. So I am rewatching the book of Boba Fett right now. You should be watching the Mandalorian wow. right now, yeah. man. I am week by week, but here's the thing. I'm basically going all the way through Book of Boba Fett in one sitting. And when I when you do it that way and you really see like, oh, this was definitely at some point in time a movie. Because the way it's, it, you see it from A to Z, like the Mandalorian is so episodic and each thing has its yeah. own theme, its own point, its own story. Book of Boba Fett, you get through a whole episode and you're like, okay, like that's what I saw. That's but like, when precise, you, that's my point. <laughs> but when you watch it all at one go, whatever it is, like three hours or something, you're like, oh yeah, 
Like, of course he needed that much time for that backstory and that whatever flashback sequence. Because, you know, I'm not saying our ranking is still fair. (laughs) It's just far more watchable in one go than it is like Mandalorian. You can just enjoy from time to time. It's not as great, but. So one point I wanted to make about this, which I feel like, Christian, you were kind of alluding to a little bit ago was that this show in the I kind of lumped it into my uh, technical aspects score is that it feels nostalgic but still authentic Mm. and new yeah like Mm -hmm. when you have that droid that comes out of the building that like scans him or like looks at him that felt like a true nod like we are take we are plopped right into Star Wars as it was Mm. but and it doesn't feel like it's the whole Disneyification of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it feels familiar, but still we're getting all of these good nuggets of real world building Definitely. in a new way that we haven't before. Definitely, it had that fresh take, but it executed all of the lore bits and using them appropriately. And like, it was really cool to just see them pull it off in the show. Yeah. And after watching the episode, I was like all right, like, I feel confident that chapter two will be enjoyable or, like, just as worth it, you know, whatever chapter two may be. And we learned so much, I mean, just by, like, they're introducing us to a new yet familiar world so well. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is five years, right, after the fall of the Empire, so you still have, like, really an interesting storyline that we're learning, okay, like, the Imperials are still out there, like, okay what's what's that all about and then you start to realize okay mando is a part of this community we've never really seen this type of community in star wars before and we don't know who they are we don't know if they're associated with any of the clans from rebels or Mm -hmm. uh clone wars yet and it's so interesting and both of those cases they were able to take off their helmets so we're like who are these underground mandalorians and i mean so the armor was cool this whole thing it's so and it also alludes to so much of the rich mandalorian history yeah the culture yeah that obviously they wouldn't have made this show if they didn't have a plan to bring back all of that great lore like even um i can't what's his name krill what is his name the guy oh quill quill Mm, Quill. yeah Yeah, he he says like your ancestors rode the great mythosaur and like Um, great stuff like that yeah and it just was peppered in there so that you could still watch it and be new to Star Wars but grasp what was happening yeah Yeah. and you could still jump right into it and for many people this was uh, like their first Star Wars show or exposure period and I've had plenty of people be like you know I've never watched Star Wars before but I love The Mandalorian because I love Baby Yoda and I'm like then I'm glad that you are yeah. here because you're still a valid Star Wars fan. Yeah. yeah. I loved seeing an IG droid murder a bunch. Yeah. And just like all out. Oh, that shot where he's like spinning his so arm. Cool. Yes. I remember that in their trailer for their show. And I was like, dang, this is going to be amazing. Yeah. It's and I, it's funny too because if I remember correctly, Disney did not bank on this show being all that great. And I think Boba Fett was actually an initial concept for the main character, and they're like, "Hey, like, let's not, you know, let's not risk his character on mm-hmm. this. Let's play it safe and do this whole bounty hunter storyline, but with some other guy, not named Boba Fett." Yeah. And again, I actually think that was the right call. Yeah, um, you have yeah. freedom to do a lot, and you can still use 
you know, the history before, mm -hmm. like you were saying. Super cool. So overall, we gave it a 75.33% for the first episode. Again, that's really good. Yeah. A C's get degrees, Christian. So, you know. I, <laughs> degrees I, don't matter anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So, Alanis, what do you think of the 75.33% for this? Uh, fair, unfair, too high, too low? I think it's completely fair because I think one of my big things with Star Wars and something that I'm working towards is looking at a, from like a different lens, like not the mm. lens of, oh, my God, I love this thing. Like, you know, I love X, Y and Z character. I love X, Y and Z droid. But of like, what is this? Like, let's look at it as a whole. And I think that's completely fair for the first episode because we don't learn a lot we learn absolutely yeah. nothing and i think that's the beauty of the episode you know now seeing how far we've gone is we we don't, don't even leave with his name this yeah yeah that's a great point um, no, I know. Really. yeah um if you're not even paying attention you don't even know who the is. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but um in my notes like especially for a story and characters i just put i'm intrigued because that's all you can hope for in a first episode is that you set up an interesting thing and you want to keep watching and yes. I, I felt that when I watched it. They did this. a great job with it. Great I think, first episode. I yeah. think yeah they yeah. totally did what they set out to do with it being a space western. You get that with the music like yeah. like that's a fresh take on a space western type. Like you were saying Alanis it's not a grand operatic Jedi versus Sith thing even though I love that about Star Wars like I would love I would just watch that all the time but that was it was really cool them to see them execute this kind of tone yeah. for this medium. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, with that said, that takes us into the next segment of the show. Lord Vader. We just lost five listeners. It's hot takes time, and I've got a hot take this week. Oh. All right. Here's my take. I know I'm a Ludwig Gordonson fanboy. The The comment section has addressed it. I understand <laughs> that. It's very true. No big deal. But I do think Mando's theme is as good as the Force theme. Whoa. I know. I know. I know. I didn't say it's better. But Mando's You scene. might as well. You just said it's <laughs> as good. It commands a room. Just take that leap, man. If, You're that far. If I <laughs> if I could go like to watch some sort of live symphony and watch whatever, you know, could be like the Mandalorian or a new hope, I'm gonna take the Mandalorian. Really? Yeah. To watch that symphony. Yeah, yeah like as the same duration, so however many episodes that is the first season or a new hope. I'm going to do The Mandalorian. All right, man. I mean, to each their own. Yeah. Like, I'm glad you... I am glad you enjoy it so much. The only difference is I do put the main Star Wars theme above that. And I did see The Empire Strikes Back. And when they did the 20th Century Fox, that dun-dun, 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 I was like, all right. And leading into the main theme, that was pretty special. So that's where A New Hope, that first few minutes would earn a special spot for me. But everything <laughs> else, I, I was just talking about like the Fox part like, and not even like the actual like <laughs> yeah. theme your, of Star Wars. It gets your goosebumps going. <laughs> it's gets it's just it's Yeah, exciting. this one would be way more boring. It's like yeah. 
A lot of quiet like parts. Lots of but the oh, whole duration. The whole duration. Whatever it is, two, two hours. Yeah. Oh, but the end though. I will say I do enjoy the that moment he had with the blurg when he was about to he's like, All right, I've struggled riding the blurg. Now I'm not gonna struggle. And like that more emotional forgive me, I don't know the instrument that's played, but they do play it a lot with when we later, you know, find out see ba- seeing baby Yoda. Um, but just kind of like that more emotional, wispy, faraway yeah. land. Yeah. But no, I disagree with your hot take. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, um, it, it's, Christian always finds like, here's not, how I'm going to agree with you before I disagree with you overall. I'll say it gets stuck in my head. Like I found myself like humming it in my head. You ever don't do that with the force theme. Yes, I do. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm also going to disagree. Yeah, it is pretty great. It is. Both are are very great. um, But they're both tied for me. What about you, Alanis? I'm like thinking about it because part of me, and I won't lie, wants to agree. (gasps) I kind of do. Do it. And (laughs) because like the way the Mando soundtrack is, it is much more like my music taste. Like it has that kind of like extreme emotion and then kind of like lull bits and then like extremes whereas like the force theme is like you know on the opposite side of the tracks hmm. i feel like just to split it 50 50 i gotta agree you could do that i wish i wish it counted that way my vote does not count <laughs> unless it's a tie all different ways but since these two ludwig gornson haters over here no. exist on this show this is what i get We don't hate him. I just we don't just hate him. I just don't him think y- you should hearken <laughs> him up there like that. With you know, I don't that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> you know how many great movies he's done. I don't know, but a lot, a lot. I don't doubt it. He's he's very talented, very good. You know, I'm gonna start finding all the scores he's been a part of and be like, oh, so you didn't you didn't think that was valuable? You should send them to me because I'd be curious which ones I've seen You didn't enjoy the before. score of Gladiator? That was Hans Zimmer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I was like, a little before his time. I was like, I actually don't even know who did Gladiator. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, that's my hot take. Who's got another one? I've got a hot take actually from some from one of our Twitter or from our Twitter um, from a podcast that we're friends with, Hyperspace Heroes. Boom. Love them. They're great. Great um, folks. Brown Leader gave his opinion only, so I can't pin this all on the entire Hyperspace Heroes podcast. But um, they said, Mando is the best live action Disney Star Wars has done so far. He has number one Mando, number two Book of Boba Fett, and number three Kenobi. And I thought that was number a hot take. Three hot Kenobi. Take. I know. I was like, Ooh, right? Three? Now, right? Is he talking for both seasons or just this first season? I don't know if he said. He didn't say. I for think both seasons. I, I might think, agree. Yeah, I think maybe just talking about you know so, thus far. At yeah, this, this all point the content. In time. Period. All the content. I would say Mando Kenobi Boba Fett. That's kind of what I was leaning towards. I personally would rewatch Kenobi more than the other two. Yeah. Like, I just personally enjoy it more. Long. But I think 
holistically, and we'll get to this as we rank The Mandalorian, I think holistically as a story, cohesive unit or like less highs and lows or whatnot, Mando, Obi, Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I mean, you all know how we feel about Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean. So ha- now that you're rewatching Book of Boba Fett, do you have an? Do you can you rank them? Oh, absolutely. I would take. So the problem I've always had with the Mandalorian is it's interesting, as you said, it sparks your interest. But especially like this first season, that's mostly what it does. The second season, it just introduces a ton of other characters instead of. I mean, it does give you more light on who Grogu is, but not so much with Din Djarin Mando. There's some. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of growth in their arc for me. Whereas uh, Book of Boba Fett, there's a lot of interesting stuff there with his character. And I will say there was a pretty pivotal episode that they decided to make all about Mando. Maybe that's why he's yeah. ranking it this way. Like the Mandalorian <laughs> and Book of Boba Fett are like the same thing because that's Mando 2. Po- it, like really 2. it really is. It really is. I hijacked yeah. his show. And that is hard for me because it's always like, all right, this is where Boba's supposed to have a really interesting episode. So I think for that reason, I have Kenobi ranked above the Book of Boba Fett as a whole because it does tell a better cohesive story yes. than Book of Boba Fett does. I really enjoy Book of Boba Fett, but I'd put it I'd put it there. I think for that reason as well, this is just critically speaking, I do think Kenobi is the best of the three. Nice. But I would not rewatch it. I do find Kenobi pretty boring. Um, outside really of just, just certain sequences yeah i don't really i didn't enjoy that's it what much. i love about this show is that we can talk about it critically but also have to check in and be like okay emotionally yeah. like brody loves book of boba fett but is it the best Our i fans. would watch book of boba fett every day of the week over kenobi outside uh, of I like can't relate outside that, of that last yeah episode. i can't relate <laughs> can't relate the world disagrees maybe the book of boba fett we should just start calling mando 2.5 and that whole those three seasons <laughs> That's a great cohesive yeah. story that might be better than Kenobi. Yeah. That big lump. I don't know. I'm just playing <sighs> well, Someone out. make a super cut immediately. Post yeah. it to YouTube. I, yeah. I thought originally the plan was going to be that season two of The Mandalorian would take would focus on another Mandalorian as the mm. main character. And so then you could have a Boba Fett season and then you could have like a different Mandalorian and that'd be cool. Yeah. One in purple armor. Exactly. Yeah. You know? Or Bogatan. Yeah, hope we get, exactly. I hope we get more Bogatan. Oh, yeah. It sounds like she's going to oh, be the are. big villain will. next season. Maybe. I feel like that's a misdirect. Anti-hero? I don't know. I love a good anti-hero. She was yeah. kind of that already in the Clone Wars. How cool is it as well that she looks enough like her, her CGI voice. representation yeah. that they're able to bring back the actress to reprise her role in that season two of Mando is so much fun. Like it is, it does feel like a continual role of just gifts we're getting. Like first time we're getting Bo-Katan in live action. We can't action. talk about that now. Yeah, I haven't seen that, man. <laughs> oh, what are you wow, talking you're about? Spoiling all, right. It. all right, all right. Well, now everyone knows Bo-Katan's in it. So I'll save everybody else for all the people who are watching it. I do have to remember that though. There are people listening to this show who have talked to me. They're like. Yeah, you guys do a good job of not unveiling spoilers. And I have to remind myself, like, <laughs> uh, not everyone has a Star Wars podcast and has seen everything, everything. under the sun and are watching it yeah. along with us. So, so cool stuff. Um, right. So cr- we didn't really rank that, but it was a good submission and a hot take that I don't think we have to rank it, do we? I think we have to give it some sort of We sound. have to give them yeah. some. It's a I, good hot take. It's a good hot I take. I disagree. I vote it 
down. Wait, does it, did it ruffle your feathers? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, a good ruffle. All right, so, being on the bottom did. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I voted down with love for hyperspace here. Yeah, they can't All defend themselves. I voted down with love this week, too. So we can't really too much. But, All right. but we love it. It is a good hot take we though. Are, we and love if it. it's not if it's not a good hot take, you're not getting uh you're not getting this sound bite. One more uh, hot take. One more. One more. Could you switch it to the comments? Because I am curious what the people in the comments section will say uh, about Jake. this I one. Sh- I am curious a- about. Oh, about this next. Yeah. This next one. Yeah. I want Jake's opinion. Pod one's opinion. I want Harris' opinion. I think they're so, doing their own live podcast now. Oh, that makes sense. Theirs. That's okay. Um, but <laughs> so we had a listener, um, via Twitter, Jester eight zero eight two. How's it going, Jester? We uh, got a hot take from him, submitted on our website. A while ago. A while ago. Apologies. He's been, ho- he's been holding us accountable. Yeah, so. apologies for the <laughs> delay. Gosh, it's been too long. Um, the hot take is the Jedi are toxic. Now, he has some description below, so bear with me. I'm going to read it all out. I mean, it's so glaring. I don't even know it should be a hot take. The Jedi take children from a young age. And yeah, it was mentioned on the show that they get permission. But I mean, still, they take these kids and indoctrinate them into what is essentially a cult. They teach them to suppress emotion and abandon all outside connection. All out of fear of the dark side, which in and of itself is a massive overreaction, if you ask. The original Jedi were gray and embracing both the dark and the light. But they went and got scared of the dark side, so they were like, no more emotion ever. And then he later tweeted a picture, something to the nature of the Jedi code leads more Jedi to the dark side. Mm. Kind of hinging on the crux of that suppressing emotion or like there's there's that legalistic point of view. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about so that? So the hot take again is that this the, the Jedi, Jedi are cr- toxic. They are toxic. Can you say that they're evil then? In I, my point of view, the Jedi are evil. Great. Great plug. But I mean, like, yeah, kidnapping kids. It's not a good look. It's not, you know, usually that's a strike on someone. And are they also, all really kidnapped, though? They're all separated from their family, for sure. And are, I guess they're allowed to, like, leave their parents in, like, slavery and poverty and terrible conditions and then they're like okay we're gonna take your kid and you're never gonna see them again and your life is not gonna get better but so, they get the sign off they're like all right you can, you can take my kid like they they give but they're that- also because they're so desperate and like like have no like no hope in but the that's world. not in every case though yeah because we look at dooku um like he came from obviously sereno which is like you know he was a well before I say that, has everyone here read Jedi Lost? No. No. Okay. But I know of that book. So all I'm going to say is Dooku had a good life. Oh, okay. Dooku had it well. Um, and I think when I hear that, argu- I hear about that argument with the Jedi a lot. And my biggest, I guess, like detractor to it is we think about Star Wars sometimes too much from the perspective of like the society that we live in. Mm-hmm. Like this is a galaxy far, far away. And if your kid was force sensitive, like that's, I don't even know if we have an equivalent here. Like that's like, oh my God, like my child is almost like a, like a deity. Like Mm -hmm. it was such an honor 
And like we have kind of only bad, not bad cases, but we have Anakin as an example. Like obviously that was awful what they did, you know, with Shmi. But, you know, Padme tried to get, um, you know, Shmi out. Um, Qui-Gon tried and then rest in peace. So I think it's kind of hard to say like the whole like they kidnapped children thing because it was they asked permission. They, they could have said no, but it was such an honor at the time that parents were like, here, take it. Bye. Like, I don't have to pay for health insurance. Have a good day. So <laughs> one I less think, mouth like, to feed. <laughs> right. Right. Um, I it was one of the episodes in um, the Clone Wars. It was a little Rodian baby. Um, I think it was like the Cad Bane arc. I, Luke's going to kill me that I mm-hmm. forget the name of the arc. But um, <laughs> basically, you know, they came to take the baby and the mother was having hesitations. And Obi-Wan basically said, like, if you didn't want to take the baby, we wouldn't have just snatched it. Like, that's mm-hmm. not what we do. So I I hate the whole, like, you know, the Jedi were taking babies. Yeah. So even aside from the kidnapping, like, we're not justifying <laughs> kidnapping at all. But, like, even just that aside and just getting back to the actual hot take of the Jedi are toxic and the Jedi code and all this. Mm-hmm. I've thought a lot about this. And the uh, he talks a lot about... Uh, or I should... Pr- give some more context to you. Jester's mentioned a lot about the gray Jedi and finding the balance between light and dark. I think the Jedi certainly have had certain eras or even specific Jedi who could be argued as, yeah, arrogant or flawed, sure, even toxic. But I think painting this broad brush of the the Jedi are toxic, I think that's inaccurate because I think the Jedi stand for and they are pretty clear about how they define the jedi order and the like the jedi code um and you can read it on wikipedia i mean there are a bunch of revisions to the jedi code as well and it can sound it's pretty absolute which is funny because only the sith deal in absolutes but the jedi do in their code as well but the jedi i think um they have this noble goal this noble cause to focus on learning the light side, to focus on not just themselves, but upholding civilizations or galaxy, like to teach and train to pursue the knowledge of the force from the good side, from the light side. And uh, I like to look at the Jedi as kind of a parallel to the biblical Pharisee of how, Mm. like, the force, I think a lot of people can liken, or I relate it to sometimes like the Holy Spirit, but at the same time, like the Jedi are trying to establish code. They're trying to establish maybe even law, but like God gave his original law, the 10 commandments or whatnot. And then man was trying to follow it. And then the Pharisees come along trying to make their own man-made religion around God's law. And they're like trying to set this fence around God's Mm. law. And they're saying, oh, look at us. This is a noble goal because we're going to make laws that will help us even more protect us from like, we don't even want to touch to breaking God's law. So like that's a noble goal. But some Pharisees get so hung up on their own legalistic traditions and their own legalistic laws to where that becomes the focus. And so that became the focus for them. And then they didn't recognize Jesus the Messiah, who was the perfect incarnation of the law, and how 
and they just didn't recognize it so much so they killed him. But it was because of their own legalistic things. And I think what Jester's getting at is like the legalistic stuff of the Jedi is totally an obstacle. And we saw that like Qui-Gon is... Qui-Gon saw that. Like Obi-Wan and Phantom Menace. He was very legalistic. Mm -hmm. And Qui-Gon was like, you you are... You're on the wrong wrong track, buddy. Like, listen to what I'm telling you. And so I think there's merit to that side of the argument, but I think it's way too provocative and drastic to say that Jedi are toxic. <laughs> I agree. I mean, I think it's interesting. I think that, if you want something toxic, I think it's read about you the use Sith. that comparison because <laughs> Jesus does refer to the Pharisees as whitewashed tombstones, which is pretty darn toxic. So I would actually have to agree with Jester in that case because I didn't until you used that comparison. That, yeah. But what Jedi do that, though? That they're only about the law and everything. All of them, Yoda included. When Anakin comes out and he says, hey, I need help. Someone talk, someone empathize with me. Yoda's like, don't feel anything. Yeah, and I okay. know. I hate Yoda. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're okay. I, oh, well, that's a him. hot take. You I just dropped Yoda. Whoa. <laughs> Sub hot take. We're going to get to I, that in a I second. I think if you actually want something toxic, like the, the whole... The whole crux of what the Jedi are trying to do is kind of like the opposite of that, but like the Sith, they're pretty, I think they're the definition of toxic. I would say, I think any sort of institution that encourages you to not feel or like tries to minimize your emotions which are so innate to your being um is probably toxic that's my pov yeah and i think i would say most of the jet like they don't at least the modern jedi that we see yeah i think is toxic i don't think they teach i don't know enough about and i I do want to highlight when you say like like, i don't think they are at their core evil evil. true yeah i I I think they have like flawed they're flawed and i do think like you said i mean i didn't actually agree with this until you had that amazing comparison to the pharisees that was clutch i do see that they're dead on the inside the jedi do feel hollow so what if you're dead on the inside what is what fruit are you going to bear just nothing and there's so I I think that's really interesting. Then you saw that like they weren't able to see yeah. because they were so focused on the law, they weren't able to see the actual Messiah. Well, they were so focused on their pragmatic, dogmatic views of everything they They're built. They're like, oh, we have this clone the, army right in front of. Yeah, us. they missed mm-hmm. the, they missed the whole thing that was going on, and like you know, Yoda talks about that. And in their arrogance, they were blind. Yeah, yeah to Palpatine. And I, yeah, and I think that era specifically. Yeah, you could. Raise and we're talking it, about that era is what I'm talking about. Oh, I'm I'm. I was just talking about all Jedi, like from all the beginning of the gal- galactic time of this whole. I don't know enough not. about the no, because High Republic of- Jedi are not the same as. No. So I'm going to disagree. No. If we're talking about all Jedi, period, I disagree. I mean, the hot take is the Jedi are toxic. This is so, the way. all right. Well, then I'm going pretty. To pretty I go back again. I disagree. <laughs> Which I could. That's kind but of the whole. If it's the last era, we that see was the my whole spiel. Where like I can totally see where certain era of the Jedi or yep. certain Jedi right. are. But yeah, it's kind of, I think now we're getting to the difference of force sensitive and Jedi or gray Jedi because yeah. force sensitive doesn't always mean a good thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and disagree. Alanis, what do you think? I'm disagreeing. I'm disagreeing. I think the Jedi at their core are trying to do good. I think if they would have evolved with the times, 
then mm-hmm. I think they would have had a different outcome if they weren't so rigid. Um, but I think their principles also were not ever defined enough. And I think that led throughout the whole time to a lot of um, confusion. I mean, even in the High Republic books, we see it the whole like not attachment thing. We obviously see it with Anakin. You know, we get a little bit of it with Luke. Um, so I think if they did a better job at writing their code, they also it, might have had a little little better luck. Yeah. And like codification, like it, it matters how you, how you write things down. But it is interesting, like Darth Bane kind of uses the same argument, like the Jedi are toxic. So why follow that? And like that, that's a perfect seed planting, justifying why you shouldn't follow the de- Jedi. And like mm-hmm. go the Sith way or the Grey way or whatever. So it's like it's a total like there. There's an argument with merit on it. So and Atlantis would be a great person to ask about this. But it seemed like Dooku, yes, he definitely delved into a lot of all the things that the Sith were. But it seemed like he more so was delving into the Grey than he was jumping all into the Sith himself because he also noticed the error of the ways of the Jedi. So is that accurate or? So, I mean, I know Palpatine obviously recruited him and he went full Sith after a while, but it seemed like he was still pulled back and didn't go completely Sith. So I, he definitely did go completely Sith. Um, right, and I'm just wrong. Yeah, he he does a lot <laughs> um, that kind of really, really bring out his kind of shift from the force. I am in the personal campment that there is no gray Jedi. I am in the anti-gray Jedi cult. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think for me, it is you are pulling from the light. And I think we kind of messed up the characteristics of, you know, people who we see in the light and actually what a, you know, Jedi force user is. Cause people yeah. will say all the time, like, Oh, well, Jedi, uh, Ahsoka is a great Jedi. And I'm like, she is, she? is just a force sensitive once she leaves. Yeah. Because you can't add Jedi to like gray, right? Be like, if you're a Jedi, then you are a light user and you are agreeing to be a Jedi. And right. otherwise you would just yeah. are, like force neutral, you know? Yeah, you're, th- you're a force user. Yeah. And I think there's a, a, like plenty of examples of Jedi who are in, who are balance, in balance with the force. And like, just to say the Sith are the dark side, Jedi are light side, gray are a happy medium, like balancing. It's like, well, of course the gray sounds attractive. Like that's, yeah. that's an ideal place to be because you make it sound like Jedi are just super positive, yeah. never angry. <laughs> Everything is perfect, and I'm going to teach you about that. It's like that's not that's not how I picture Jedi. Yeah. All right. So, Amanda, do you vote up or down? I only because I admittedly don't have as much experience with the Jedi code and like the history of the Jedi. I'm going to agree with it. Wow. Fair enough. Well, still, still. voted down. Sorry, but but Jester, thank you. For yeah. submitting that hot take. Yes. It and was you too can take. submit your own hot take if you thought we forgot one or you have one that you want to dig up, even if it's not about the Mandalorian. Yeah. You can reach out to us on Twitter or on the website. Now, Alanis, did you have a hot take prepped? Because you also mentioned something else. Yeah, we need to circle back. To Yoda's I kind would of love terrible. to circle back. Yes. Yeah. Um, my hot take is I don't like Yoda and I think he was a horrific leader. Oh, let's hear more. So I think a big issue with Yoda is, of course, you know, he's 900 years old, but he's complacent. Mm. So obviously he's been around since, you know, the High Republic. 
era of things. So he has seen, you know, the highest of highs and lowest of lows. And yet he's like, 900 years of progress? I'm not going to change anything. That's yeah. stupid. Let's not rock that boat. Mm. Right. And then, so we have this introduction of Anakin, right? And we all know kind of what goes on there. Um, Brody, you mentioned it before of, you know, Anakin went to him for help. Like, hey, I'm having nightmares. Like, I, I don't know what's going on with me. And Yoda is basically like, just don't have attachments. Whoops. Like, figure it out. Right. And he doesn't take into account, you know, Anakin's past, the fact that he came into the order so late, he wasn't indoctrined in as early as all of these other people. And then obviously, you know, as Revenge of the Sith happens, um, he's like, hey, Obi-Wan, um, head off to the desert. I'm going to go take a vacation on Dagobah. <laughs> Have a good time. I need to think. I need to yeah. think about it. Yeah. You go be a babysitter for the next, you know, like 16 years. Have a good time. Yeah, live um, with your with your failure. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then and like, oh, and maybe your old master might call you. It's whatever. <laughs> and then obviously we get to the original trilogy and he's hanging out and he decides to train Luke in almost the same exact way that his father failed at. When they are both, you know, similar in the sense of, like, they're coming into this order, like, super, super late. Luke even later. And, again, Luke has an attachment to his friends and, like, can't let go. And Yoda's still, like, you know, get the get the ship out of the lake. Have a good time. And then <laughs> Luke leaves. And, he, you know, and Obi-Wan's like, man, I got a bad feeling about this. And Yoda goes, ah, don't worry about it. He's got a sister. Who does that? <laughs> Who does that? Yeah. <laughs> Who does that? I just think his complacency <laughs> can be blamed for a lot of what happens. Yeah. Wow. That's I love that. That's a great take. Yeah. I, I have an issue with the word horrible because I, I do think there are <laughs> there are redeeming qualities like seeing him with the Padawans. Like, I'm like, all right, like he shouldn't be the CEO of a company, right? Like he's not the guy to helm you into the future. He's not Steve Jobs, right? But he is like the president. He is the man of the people. Yeah, but Yoda is the kind of person that you'll be like, oh, I'm so depressed. And he'll be like, have you drank some water? Have you drank? (laughs) Walk have you taken? Yeah, yeah. Maybe exercise, (laughs) you know? And it's like, thanks, Yoda. He doesn't have empathy. That's, That's his big thing. Yeah. I So I agree with your hot take. I think it's a great hot take. And I agree. I think you raise you Down raise a, with Yoda. Yeah, you raise a Whoa. solid argument. <laughs> it's funny that even the hyperspace heroes, I think they had an episode talking about this very issue. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you glossed over some things or you didn't really cut Yoda a little bit of slack in some areas. <laughs> but I totally get what you're saying. Um, passive people do not make good leaders. I agree with you on that. I like to cut Yoda a little more slack with, like, especially like, I don't think it absolves Anakin of responsibility when he does tell him to train yourself to let go of things you've people you fear to lose. Cause I think that's something we should all be teaching as well. Like death is a part of life, you know, but I don't think, yeah, there's that's justification for Yoda's lack of empathy, but you raise a good argument. I disagree, but I'd have to maybe wrestle around with it more. Do you think he's a horrible person or a horrible leader? Horrible leader. All right. Okay. I'll, 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 I, I don't yeah. think Yoda is like malicious at his core. Yeah. Okay. I think I they think need to implement term limits have, on the Jedi Council. They could have picked you know? a better yes. leader. Yeah. All right. I, I think that's fair. 
you know, and he's like the antithesis That's of fair. the emperor. So yeah, I'll agree. I mean, you know, he had his time. He did a great job for a good while. But yeah, let's let's liven it up. Let's bring up somebody else. When you get old, you shouldn't be in power when you're just really old. I agree. There's a lot of people in power right now in our current <laughs> world that are very old. Anyway, <laughs> uh, ignoring all of the things I want to say in my, in my head, moving on. No, I, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that. I also think it's really interesting to think that while he is old, obviously he still is a really good fighter. And if it weren't for Kiare Mundi, he wouldn't have been on Kashyyyk. And he would have been able to actually, what would it have been like if you went toe-to-toe with Anakin Ooh. at the Jedi Temple? I didn't realize that until recently. I'm like, oh, yeah, he would have actually been there to defend those Padawans. That's what I want to know. Is Anakin that good of a fighter at that point in his life? That he could fight Yoda? That he would have taken down Yoda. Mm. That's what I want to know. It's not a hot take, That's a a hot question. A what if, hopefully. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I mean... Because Yoda kind of struggled with Count Dooku in the second movie, didn't he? But then also, like, Anakin took him out no problem in the third movie. He failed against mm. Darth Sidious, he says. He did fail against Darth Sidious. I also felt like he could have, like, got back up in that scene. It I was mean- the reach, man. It was the reach. He had the reach on him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. I'll go ahead. Great force user as far as a lightsaber wielder. I don't know. He might have he might have died if Anakin came back. So anyway. All right. Well, since we've done all of our hot takes, Wait, it's time. You have to play your Roger Roger. Oh yeah. yeah. You get a Roger Roger. Yes, you get the finally. I'm so not used to giving anyone affirmation for saying something good. <laughs> you did you did a good thing, Alanis. You've earned A. A Roger, a Roger. Okay. Nice. Now it is time for the last segment of the show. Force Ghost Charlie, take us away. It is trivia time, and I have the question of the week. All right. So my question, let me pull it up here. When Mando claims that Imperial credits are useless, Grief Karga offers another form of payment, but only half. What is it? A. Calamari Fla. B. Calamari Flan. C. Calamari Flog. Or D. <laughs> Calam- calamari Flana. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope he has like a bunch of different ones. And then not like, me all just the letters. <laughs> uh, I usually throw in like a softball in the yeah, end there, but like U.S. dollar, yeah, exactly. <laughs> U.S. dollar, Canadian dollar, uh, pesos, calamari, <laughs> calamari. Blah. Okay, blah. Re- read them one more time. All right. When Mando claims that Imperial credits are useless, Grief Karga offers another form of payment, but only half. What was it? A. Calamari Fla. B. Calamari Flan. C. Calamari Flog. Or D. Calamari Flan. I'm going to go B. It's B. Alanis? I'm going to go with A. It, uh, you were all very close, but only two of you are correct. Yes! 
Nice. <laughs> yes. Uh, but it, yeah, the exchange you, rate must be insane for that. I can only offer half. I, know, I just like, like this again. Talk going back to that sound team. I love the sound it makes when he drops on the table. Like, I oh. know, and then he has yeah. to like grab them. You could tell the texture by the way that like mm-hmm. he holds on yeah. to it too. And it gets the point across too. Like he was gonna get full price imperial credits, or he get half price. And he would the rather salon, take the that. calamari. He's like, I'd rather have that. No Screw questions. the government. <laughs> yeah. I, that was a great mm-hmm. point of like world building and immersive yeah. universe for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. Well, Alanis, thank you so much for yes. joining us for this rank and review of uh, another one, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> so, but seriously, tons of fun. Thanks so much for joining us. For listeners who loved your takes and want to know more about your thoughts on Yoda, Count Dooku, what you're doing in the classroom and everything else, where can people find you? Where are you making content? So you can find me at Nata Kyber on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. If you want to see things exclusively just about the class, um, I do have a whole separate TikTok for there. Um, and that is under at Discovering the Galaxy. So if you want my hot take and nonsense, go over to Nata Kyber. If you want to see me in an educational setting, then uh, head over to Discovering the Galaxy. Awesome. Nice. Well, Alana, seriously, thank you so much for giving us your time and a stellar, stellar review of my oh-so-famous chicken sandwiches. Uh, (laughs) We'll have to try them eventually. Luke, who was on our podcast last week, said they were an 8.5, but he doesn't like pickles. I don't like pickles He didn't want tomatoes. Oh. He didn't want spring onion. Like, if you remove... So he wanted nothing on it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boring. Um, that's, that's not a sandwich. It's, it's it's a bit different. It's a bit different. <laughs> not my. I'm gonna sandwich. rate. But you still I'm gonna got rate an 8.5. Luke's sandwich skills at a four. Whoa! <laughs> Completely accurate. Completely accurate. <laughs> Completely accurate. Yeah, I did text him. I was like, "I'm so sorry, man. I didn't have pickles." He's like, "Don't worry, I hate pickles." I'm like, "All right, well." So if you offered a peanut butter and jelly, would it be like no peanut butter? No jelly. Just two slices. Just two slices. <laughs> I'm actually pretty sure he doesn't like peanut butter. Like thinking back, <laughs> so that might have been the actual answer. Give me a jelly sandwich. It'll <laughs> be great. No, yeah. So that's that. We, I did give him a chicken sandwich, but it wasn't my chicken sandwich. Mm-hmm. It's not it in its fullest form. So anyway. <laughs> We're going to talk about Mando Season 1, Episode 2 next week, so be sure to join us. I don't remember the name of that episode. I think it's The Child or something along those lines. So we'll get into that next week. We have another dynamic guest that we'll be so excited to announce on social media this week. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun, so be sure to tune in there. And if you can't wait and you need all sorts of other DOTR content before next Thursday, or if you're listening when we go on demand, Friday morning. Amanda, where can people check us out? You can listen to us everywhere that you get podcasts. Um, check out our live streams on YouTube. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Duel of the Ranks. And you can check us out at duelofthereanks.com where we have all of our rankings listed. Um, we have an awesome blog section. You can listen to all the episodes there. And we have a store. Oh, and don't forget to submit your own hot takes, whether it's like through social media or through the website. We'd love to hear it. We have this awesome mug that I have not bought and no one else has either, but it's really cool because when you put coffee in it, it warms up. It's an all black mug that turns white with our logo. I know. Talk about about hot takes. Making the twin suns melt on that. Yeah. 
it's pretty cool so go check it out thanks so much for checking out this week's episode of duel the ranks and we look forward to seeing you next week for mando episode two see you then